Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To all old and new subscribers, you are very welcome. Please check the three dots menu at the top or look along the bottom row until you see a little cog icon. Click that, click the word quality, and then upgrade the quality of the video to 720 or 1080p. Today, I am bringing a right now prophetic word from the Lord. This is a word that I've had to work on all day because I received it at 7 a.m. this morning and the Lord said that the word should be prepared and put on the blog today and the video should also be made today. So I have done my best to compile everything that I heard and saw of the Lord Jesus Christ and now with just 15 or 20 minutes ago that the blog was updated with the written version of the prophecy, I'm now bringing the video version out. I am still in the America series and this has been a challenging week. This has been a week of very strong remonstrations from the Lord as he has been talking about certain aspects of American society, American culture, and the church in particular, how she has absolutely abdicated her responsibility to bring the Lord pure, wholesome, and holy worship. God was showing me through the story of the prophet Elijah and the false prophets of Baal. I think that's 1 Kings 18. I was doing my Bible study in that a few days ago, and the Lord remarked right in the middle of the Bible study, when it got to the point where the false prophets had absolutely failed to bring down fire from heaven, they had failed to bring any answer from their false god, Baal, even though they cut themselves and they bled, which is another form of ritual sacrifice and satanic worship that we should be well acquainted with by now. Nothing happened. There was no response from heaven. And then Elijah says in a verse, um, he tells the people, draw near to me. And then the Bible says, and Elijah repaired the altar of the Lord. He got 12 stones. He put them in the proper formation. And then he cut up the bullock the right way. He put it on the altar the right way. He set the, the, the wood in order and he did everything that actually made his altar a, leg, a legitimate altar upon which to offer sacrifice to the Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, God is not your neighborhood buddy friend guy. You cannot, no matter what these modern day pastors and preachers are telling you, approach him any way you feel. And you see the lackadaisical way and the, the general um, lack of fear of God that we have in how people go to church. People go to church wearing things that look as if they just came from an all night rave and decided it's Sunday morning. Why don't I transition to church? And I'm not speaking about people who may be new to church culture. They may be new to how to come before the Lord and how to approach him. I'm speaking to people who have been going to church since they were in proverbial diapers. People who were basically raised on the church culture, but now are trying to do disturbing things like blend fashion with trendiness with Jesus. Jesus is not a vodka tonic. You cannot mix the Lord in his perfected holiness with 
anything else. If my words sound strong to anyone today, it is because, brothers and sisters, it is this soul that is constantly troubled by the Lord God when he comes to the place of his frustration and his great anger, not only with this nation, but with many of the nations in the world and with his church especially. We are trying to do things to make ourselves more palatable to the world. We're trying to do things to make ourselves trendy and acceptable. But at the same time, God is saying that I am holy. Therefore, you must be holy. Holiness is not an option. Holiness is actually, holiness is a price that we pay for being acceptable to the Father. And if we are not willing to pay that price, brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you that you're not actually willing to be a Christian. You're trying to inhabit some no man's land where you can do the things that make you feel trendy, have the world, and also have Jesus as an escape hatch for when the Antichrist shows up and begins to do the horrible things that he will do to many in the end times. People are also being led astray by pastors, teachers, prophets, and other people who are telling them that anything is acceptable to God. Come as you are has become the mantra in modern day society, modern day Christianity. I'm not here to say that we should not approach the Lord as we are, but because God is holy, God is a consuming fire. You cannot approach a consuming fire and stay the same. Every piece of wood, whether it's a green piece of wood or whether it's a ripe and properly dried piece of wood, is eternally changed and transformed by fire. When you put an unready piece of wood, which is a green piece of wood, into fire, what it does is make a lot of acrid smoke. The smoke that comes from a green piece of wood is actually poisonous. It's not just smoke, it's poisonous smoke. However, when you put a ripe piece of wood, which is a piece of wood that has been properly dried out and can be burned, it provides light, it provides heat, it provides comfort, and it provides many things that we as human beings are familiar with and have depended on for thousands of years. So whether someone is unready to enter the presence of God or whether someone is ready to enter the presence of God, either way, God must have a transformative effect on that person. You cannot keep going to church for many, many years and have various parts of your body exposed as a woman, as a man, various parts of your body outlined in a fashion that is distracting, provocative, and shows that instead of you being trendy, you lack the necessary understanding of what God requires from his holy vessels. And then when people say something, people become defensive, angry, and bring out the eternal friendship word of modern day Christianity. Don't judge me. You can't judge me. The Bible tells me that I can judge with all righteous judgment. And in fact, the Bible tells me that the people of God will one day judge the fallen angels who could not keep their first habitation before the Lord. So whenever you hear people saying these things, I automatically know this is someone who has not invested the time to grow their Christianity. They've not invested the time to actually find out what is acceptable worship to God. They've not spent enough time time not listening to these famous names that keep telling them that any form of an offering to God is okay. 
They have not gone any deeper than what the 20 minute trendy skinny jeans hair gel sermon has told them. It is a very grave word that I am bringing. It is a very grave word that the Lord would give someone at 7 a.m. in the morning the things that I saw and the gravity of what God has said here will perhaps inform my tone and my approach today. So without further ado, this is what the Lord gave me today, March 14th of 2020, 2021. This word is directly to the nation of the United States. Whether you live here, native, converted, just freshly immigrated, may you hear what the Father has to say. If you intend to live here for any length of time, these words affect you and include you. Whether you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Heavenly Father, and the Holy Spirit, whether you consider yourself an atheist, a theist, a thinker, uh, a seeker, whatever trendy words they have out there in the religious sphere, these words affect you if you are on this soil. Didn't even give the prophecy a name. I'll just title it Fire for now. The banner scripture is this. For I have set my face against this city for evil, and not for good, says the Lord. It shall be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. Jeremiah 20, Jeremiah 21 and verse 10. And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. Revelation 17 and 16. So the Lord woke me up around 7, 7 a.m. today, and he had very painful, painful words for America, brothers and sisters. I felt the pain of those words. I felt piercing because of what God said. I always speak of the man Esau, and what God had to say about America today brought Esau back. I've shared before that Esau was a man who disdained the birthright that was his because of him being the firstborn. In a moment of not thinking, in a moment of the callousness of youth, Esau said, what good is this birthright to me? I want food. And so Esau gave away an eternal thing, which is heritage, lineage, land, and inheritance. He gave away lasting things that are supposed to be passed down generation to generation for something so transient as a bowl of food that will be passed down in an hour or two. And that insult hurt the Lord so bad that he made sure that Esau's younger brother Jacob received the heritage, received the blessing, received the land, the lineage, and everything else. And not only that, but it is said in the Bible that later when Esau realized what he had done, he sought for a way back with tears, but could not find it. God barred him for, from ever returning to the biblical Israelite Hebrew lineage. And God has done the same to you today, America. The Lord showed me things. He gave me Bible verses. I've only covered one in the prophecy that I put up today because it's a lot of writing. 
I have more to put up and they will come and the videos will be made. But I felt pain because I knew that the trap has shut on America. I watched it shut today. This nation will not be able to escape the wrath of God. And the interesting thing is no matter how sternly I phrase this information, people will still come to the comments section and say, but did he really mean it? And isn't forgiveness universal? And isn't there always repentance? It astounds me how much I endeavor to be clear in these messages and how people will come and directly counter the very thing that the Lord has instructed me to say. Just amazes me. So, the Lord gave me Isaiah 1 and 3. Therefore, bring no more vain oblations before me. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons and the Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot. Away with it. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. A simpler translation says, bring your worthless offerings before me no more. Your incense is detestable to me. Your new moons and your Sabbaths and your convocations, I cannot endure iniquity in the solemn assembly. This word is directly speaking to God's church. God is saying, I am sick of your pointless offerings. I am sick of how much time you take to bring your pomp and your pageantry before me, inviting all the top worship leaders and all the top pastors and constant conferences and constant worship nights that you're having. And yet the, the offering which I said should be a broken and contrite heart, what you are putting on the offering the altar before me is hateful to me. I hate it. It's detestable. He even says here, the new moons, the Sabbaths, and the convocations. This is directly referencing to the new wave that we have in the church. Now, the people who have, rightly so, discovered the importance of things like honoring God's Sabbath and understanding the deeper meaning behind the feast days in the Bible. But now Christians are beginning to do rapture date setting and prophecy date setting using these feasts. I have seen people on the internet arguing and saying that they're no longer going to use the name of Jesus because historically in the Greek, it's not really Jesus. It's Yasus or Yashawashi or 10,000 other variations of the name. Brothers and sisters, if you watched even three videos by celestial you know that i am a bitterly practical woman in the end times things that we have not seen things that many of us have not even heard of because we don't spend our time reading so-called mythology like this person did when she was a, a youngster those things will be here on the ground flat-footed both feet or all 12 feet on the ground before you all I have to say is, I'd be very interested to know what name comes naturally out of your mouth when Satan stands before you in all his display. God is saying that keeping of these new moons and Sabbaths and convocations and the fact that many are waking up and starting to pursue them are not a fitting exchange for rightful fear of the Lord 
honor of the Lord, a clean life, walking in repentance and holiness and proper worship. You cannot substitute your brand new end times knowledge for giving God his proper due. He said he will cast it away. And this goes for Christianity everywhere. This is not an American observation. So after the Lord says that, he began to download a flood of words, images, and understanding directly into me. And I saw three visions happening at the same time. I've had an instance where I saw more than 10 visions happening at the same time. And they were all on top of one another, the way you would put cards on one another, so that if you spread them out the way a dealer does, they they would be all 10, one, 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 one like that taking place. But if you looked at them flat, they were happening as through glass one upon another. So I saw three today at the exact same time. And here they are. First, God says, it is over. I'm through with America. No further intercession can be made. No further prayer can be made. No pleading, no amount of asking, weeping, crying can be lifted up for this country. The door is shut. The ark is sealed. America shall not be saved. I will no longer receive a single one of her abominable and filthy sacrifices. This nation that worships men and puts them on a pedestal above the almighty God. What further atonement can be made for her? Her altars are broken and filthy. All manner of blemished carcasses are dragged across them. Yet they claim to you, O God, do we sacrifice to you? Do we make an offering? Filth and abomination is all they know. I shall not hear them when they pray for this country anymore. No further prayer will be received for the nation of America. From now on, only prayer made for souls will be heard. I will save a man, but this country I condemn. I reject her. Her fate is sealed. The order has gone forth. Destroy Mystery Babylon. Leave none who are still attached to her alive. I will not go into whether or not America is Mystery Babylon. I am not here to exhaust myself trying to convince stubborn and deaf people to stop clinging to the fallacies that they have clung to for 15, 20, or however many years they believed it before I was born. There are other prophecies yet to come where I'm going to have to address this again, but I have said it and said it, and that is all I will say on that point. God is saying that no more prayer, no more make America great again gatherings of conventions or not make America great again gatherings and conventions and prayer circles and prayer groups and prayer chains and call a friend and keep it going. Begging for America's salvation will be heard by him. If you are going to start praying, God save America, save America, you're going to be praying to dead air. That phone line he has sent me to say today is shut off. If you will pray for a person in America, a soul that you know is perishing or a friend that won't listen, that keeps telling you that they can't wait for their vaccine appointment, 
or things like that. If you will pray for people, God says that those prayers will still be entertained. But if you are going to start this God save my country business, he said to tell you he is done. America has fully inhabited her role as Mystery Babylon. And if you've read Revelation 17 and 18, you know that there is no mercy shown to that nation. But the Bible says that great will be the smoke of that nation's burning. So if you want to continue to pray, America, America, God says that she is rejected. Her filthy worship is rejected and he will no longer receive prayer for her. The first thing I saw right after he stopped speaking is a mighty, massive, huge, billowing fireball that mushroomed out of this chair that was sitting in the heavens. It was just a chair that looked gray with um, stylized arms. You know how it has the armchairs here, but then they're sort of curly stone. Didn't really look as glorious as many say but then it could be that god wants to depict it however he wants to depict it because it was not the focus the focus the thing i couldn't miss is that i was suspended in the heavens and this was my perspective towards this great stone chair sitting clouded up in darkness and mist and out of the belly of that chair came such huge fire Fire that cannot be expressed. Fire that is greater than California burning, than, than Australian wildfires burning. Fire that human beings are not familiar with. The kind of fire that when you see it, if you are standing in the path of it, it will cook you like roasted pig right where you stand and strip you down to your grinning skeleton in seconds. Such was this fire that came out and America was standing in the path of this fire and she was incinerated. She was torched and consumed by this that just came out of that chair and she was directly in its path and she burned from one end to the other. She burned. The second vision that I was seeing as the, at the same time of this was I was in a desert. I was in a desert and I was on the ground and uh, it was a desert or some deserted place, but it really did look like um, the deserts here in the United States. And there was an altar that was set up, but the altar was in very, very bad state of disrepair. It was broken down. It was it was, it was shoddy, the stones were old and crumbling, and it was not a well-constructed altar, or it was an altar that had broken down. And yet people still built a fire on this altar, the broken altar, in direct contrast to what Elijah did, which was when the altar was broken, he repaired the altar first, and then he put the sacrifice on it. An altar is a place of direct communication and exchange with God, or you can even build, build an altar onto demons or onto Satan or onto false gods. But the altar is the starting point. It is a transaction point. When it is broken down, what are you going to do? Even the Bible says that if the foundations are broken, what can the righteous do? 
But these people that were gathered around, so many of them gathered around this ruinous altar. They were wearing very dingy and dull and dirty robes that had hoods. And they reminded me at first of these covens, these brotherhoods. You know how they have the robes with the hood that hangs at the back? I thought that it was one of these satanic groups, but it was actually Christians. Christians gathered in these filthy robes, gathered around this broken altar, and they were offering up a very big bull. It was a very big sized bull. You couldn't look at this bull and not think, oh, what a, what a worthy offering to the Lord, such a big bull. But as I looked at these people, they were so melodramatic. They were so in their emotions and feelings. Oh God, we worship you, God. We've come and there were people with these, you know, these pointless little twirly things and I don't know what they're called the women have them and they're twirling and doing things in the worship night there these women were there kicking their legs and and doing the twirling stick baton thing and there was a lot going on and people were very hyped up and as I looked at this altar, I saw that the fire was too high. The fire had not been properly laid. The altar stones at the top that were in direct contact with the fire were glowing this dangerous dull red. And the, and the, the end result is because this fire had not been properly laid, properly tended, instead of the bullock being prepared according to what Exodus and Leviticus teaches, which is that the meat should be roasted, Whole, so that it becomes a sweet smelling savor to the Lord. What was rising was this absolute bonfire stench. The bull was being charred to charcoal and ashes. It was not being roasted or cooked. It was being incinerated, blazed, burnt. It was blackened and charred and it was not making any sweet smell of roasted meat. It was just causing this stench of smoke and ash to rise. And these people were surrounding it so emotional and so flesh led, calling out to God and saying, hear us, oh God, we come to worship you, God. And they were leaping about and they just reminded me of goats, how goats jump around and play when they're happy. And so the fire was too high. It was not being tended. The bowl was being torched not roasted. And then God did this thing that he always does. He just went and my vision zoomed right in through that fire. And I looked at this bull. And as I said, the bull was so big that you would think what a good looking sacrifice to the Lord. But as I looked at the bull, I saw that its back legs were twisted and bent at weird angles. And I understood and realized with shock that this bull was lame in both of his back feet. It had two crippled back legs and therefore this bull in real life, whether it broke its feet just before it died or it had these broken feet for a while, when this bull was alive, it was a useless bull. It could not be used for mating. It could not be used to pull anything in the field. It could not be used for plowing or to carry burdens. It was useless, it was maimed, it could not work, and therefore it had no value to its owner. And yet, this is what people have brought to put on the altar. An animal to God is supposed to be 
offered without spot or blemish. Spot or blemish means that this animal is not sick. It doesn't have the mange. It's nothing is wrong with it. It is a perfect animal to mirror the perfect sacrifice that Jesus would be for us when he came. He was a perfect sacrifice without spot and blemish. And yet here these people were with the audacity, audacity to bring a crippled bull to a broken altar and then basically fire blaze it before God. And I gasped in the vision. I went, <gasps> I, I was shocked. And my first and clearest thought in the vision was these people test and disrespect God too much. It's just too much. It is what they do that will cause them to be killed by the Lord in judgment. So manipulated worship, filthy and unacceptable worship is where you, where you take your leftovers, your leftover time, your leftover money after you've shopped and paid your car notes and done everything that you need to do. Filthy and rejected worship is where you take what's left over at the end of your busy schedule, your busy life, your busy everything. And you think, well, what can I do with this? I don't really need it anymore. I, I know I'll offer this to God. Because in the midst of everyone else, it won't be noticed what I bring. And because the Lord is a consuming fire, the fire will soon consume away all the defects of what I bring. And everyone will only see how much I gave and how much I love God. And this is the thinking of the bulk of Christianity today. Argue in the comment section if you like. You know that I barely respond because I actually have a life. You take what's at the tail end and then you creep up and you offer it as if it's something you sliced off from the front end. Because modern church has told you that God is a come as you are God and he's an I'll take anything God. Modern church has told us that God is so desperate for reckless love that anything you give him is okay. He'll take it because he's so desperate for your soul to go to heaven, that he will accept anything, take anything, and bear anything forever. As I stood watching this scene, the heavens, it was already night, but a black cloud formed above those people who were doing that. A huge, massive thunderhead formed, and I saw two eyes appear in the thunderhead and my soul just shrank in me my soul just folded up because i thought just like it says before god judged sodom and gomorrah the bible records that god said i will go down and hear the outrage against these cities I will go down and see if they are as bad as everybody says they, they, they are. So in heaven, the reports of the things that happen here on earth do rise. How do they rise, Celestial? Who's telling on us? Brothers and sisters, every corner of this earth is watched by a class of angels known as the Watchers. If you're wondering why they're called the Watchers, it's because they watch 
They watch and they keep the records of all that is said, all that is done, all that is thought down here. And this is why the Bible says, and the court was seated and the books were open. Wait, I thought there was only the book of life. There are infinite books of you and me, all that we have done, all that we have thought, all that we have had, all our craven desires, all the sin that we never thought was sin enough to repent of. It's written down. It's recorded by the watchers. Out of those books, the record of our lives, you and me, will come forth. Out of those books, we will be judged. I saw the Lord had come down in that cloud, just like Psalm 18 said. He heard and he came down, wrapping himself in clouds and thick darkness, coals and flames of fire. I saw those eyes watching that scene and I felt fear for those people. Such a great number gathered around that altar. The third vision I saw at the, at the same time as the first two was that I saw a huge wave of gray and nasty water flood America. This is not physical water. The sense that I had was this is just a wave of America's filthiness and abomination personified as water. And so the wave came from the left side of the country. It came from the left and it washed across the nation. It rose first as a matchless and majestic tsunami. And then it crashed down on the nation and began to run and surge across the entire nation. And this water was so nasty, so dirty. It looked like when you put very heavily soiled clothes in the wash, uh, dirt, uh, grease, car oil, whatever you can think of, you put it in the wash and there's the water trying to pull that dirt off. But as it's pulling it out, it reaches a point where if the, if the load of laundry is too soiled, then the water cannot extract the filth and you have to put it through a second wash and a third wash. That water looked like it had been through a billion washes and could still not absorb all of America's abominations, all of her sin. It was so gross. And this water moved like a skyscraper and then crashed over America and flooded every single state. It deposited the filth that it was carrying in every state of the country. And the water did not abate. It did not sink. It did not go down. It laid and it formed stagnant pools across the entire country. And that water stank to the heavens. After I saw those three visions, the Lord told me again that he will only receive prayer for a life, a person, a group of people. He will never again receive prayer for the recovery, the healing, or the life of America. He said the judgment is set. And the minute he said that, I saw one of those dangerous and complicated doors that you get on commercial incinerators. I shared here that there was an incinerator on uh, my college campus, but I never had the courage to go and use it, even though it was provided free of, free of charge to students to get rid of trash, you know, if you wanted to burn bigger items of furniture and stuff like that. I never had the guts to use it because I know that an incinerator is one of the most dangerous 
pieces of, of machinery that human beings have ever invented. The door of an incinerator has a time code or a time seal, and that's for safety. It gives you time to put your stuff in, program the door, and then toss it in. But once that door is shut, you're not going to unprogram and untime code it. That's because once it's shut, the machine knows, release, fire. So everything that's in the incinerator is doomed, but everything that is outside of the incinerator is safe. I saw one of the most upgraded, brand new, just built steel incinerators before me. Never seen anything like this. The entire door of the incinerator was buttons, um, knobs, a little wheel to seal it, panels. It was so modern that I was staring at it in awe. And I saw that the buttons on this incinerator door were pressed and they began to flash red, orange, red, orange. And that door was sh shut. It was sealed. And when it was shut and sealed, I realized that America was inside the incinerator. And then the fire blasted her and she burned. So God says that he will not hear any further intercession, begging and pleading for the United States as a nation. He said that she is mystery Babylon and her judgment has been uttered, proclaimed and has gone forth into the end. The Lord charged me and said, make them know this. Make them understand this. And so I'm going to end with the story of Nebuchadnezzar. You can find it in the book of Daniel chapter 4. Stubborn king, brilliant military strategist, fearsome man, very capricious in his emotions and said to be quite cruel, as you can see from the Bible stories about him, always willing to kill everybody if they don't do what he said. He had a dream and in this dream there was a mighty tree that all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air came and nested in. And then um, a proclamation was made against the tree and it was said, cut down the tree and band it about with a band of iron and let seven times pass over it. He forgot the dream and he woke up and he couldn't remember. And as usual, he threatened his viziers. But God gave Daniel the understanding and the wisdom. And Daniel both told him what the dream was and what the meaning was. And Daniel warned him and said, judgment has been determined against you by the watchers. When you hear that the watchers have determined judgment, you might be thinking, aren't they angels? Do they have the right? Angels came into the earth to proclaim the birth of Christ. Angels have been used by God to carry his messages to man for as long as there has been man. And so when the watchers declare something, you automatically know that what they are speaking comes from up top, the toppest of the top, Jesus Christ, the king. And so Nebuchadnezzar said, King, don't let this be you. Don't let this chopping down of the tree be you because what God is saying to you in code here is that you will lose your mind. You will get the mind of a beast. You will be destroyed. You will eat grass like a bullock and seven years will pass with you in this state before the Lord relents and restores your kingdom to you. The king did not heed this warning and within the same year that the prophecy was given to him, he was found on his portico his porch one morning, boasting, am I not the king? 
Is all this before you, not my glory and my splendor? And the Bible says, while the words of arrogance and pride were still in his mouth, the exact judgment that he dreamt was uttered by a voice in heaven, meaning that he was on his porch and he heard an angel speaking, saying, chop down the tree, band it about with a band of iron, meaning the judgment is set and fixed and cannot be broken. Let seven times pass over it. Let him be as a beast. And in that second, he lost his mind and was hidden by the people in his court, probably in the palace grounds, eating at least his own grass and his own apples for seven years before God returned his mind to him. Nebuchadnezzar was luckier than America. His punishment was only seven years long. And Daniel chapter 5 is a beautiful testament to what happens in the human heart when people have been punished by severe judgments. I wrote here that people change like magic when the age of grace is over and judgment comes. America will receive no more grace. If you haven't read that prophecy, it's on the blog. God said at the end of this experience, and I repeat for the 10th or 15th time, let no more prayer come before me. It is sealed. I shall not hear. In a single hour of time, Mystery Babylon shall receive her destruction and her plagues. This is the word of the Lord. If you've made it this far in the video, many of you have been asking what I feel is not a very responsible question to ask a stranger on the internet. Do you think we should leave the country? Do you think we should, we should go outside? Brother and sister, if you're making major decisions in your life, like changing nations, how am I supposed to be the one to guide you? In my life, my decisions are brought in prayer and fasting before the Lord. And it is the Lord who guides my footsteps, exactly as scripture says. I don't need to ask people if I should immigrate or emigrate. The Lord guides me like a little canoe on a very big lake. When the Bible says, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her punishments, it might be at a certain time, referring to the fact that flight might be necessary. You will know as you see these things coming to pass. What the Bible is saying is that you need to, in your heart, extract yourself from mystery Babylon and her, her abortion and her weed smoking and her Adderall taking and her same-sex relationships, and her endless fascination with politics, and with always venerating and loving and worshiping icons and human beings, and yet nobody has two cents of time for Christ. If you're a Christian, this word should sober you as it sobered me. You need to spend time asking yourself if you're one of those people around that dead, burnt, and crippled bull. Are you really giving God your first and your best? How would you know if you were or weren't? The simple answer is, if you have not asked God if you are acceptable to him, 
with prayer and fasting and heard his assurance that you please me, you have got a ways yet to go. Preparation for the end times is not through prepping. The major prepping takes place in the vessel of the heart. I'll say no more. This is Celestial with the Master's Voice. Subscribe to the channel if you're led. Share the, share the videos or not. Thank you for being here. Thank you to all of you who continue to support my ministry. You make it possible for me to do a lot of things that I need to do. Very helpful things and I'm grateful to you. I apologize if I can't reply to every email. I do try my best, but time is extremely limited for me. But thank you for watching these videos. And to those of you who take them to heart, I always say this to people in my real life, people in my circle that I know. May your own obedience to God's word bless you. Your obedience will be what blesses you. If you obey, the reward for your obedience will not only be your life and your family's safety, but God will reward you. So it's up to you and me if we will obey or not. Thank you for coming to the channel. I'll leave a few links below. The Lord said that this message was urgent and had to be made today. I've discharged that commission. God bless you. And until I see you again, take care.